The Way Out Podcast, episode 267. Welcome, Way Out faithful and first-timers, to this week's installment of The Way Out Podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple, to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out Podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out Podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's AllRecoveryRings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and this week we have an early holiday treat for you with an encore presentation of the first ever live streamed recovery show featuring recovery podcast co-host extraordinaire Jason and I, along with none other than that sober guy Shane Raymer with special guest Static. The link to the video is in the show notes, so be sure to check that out should you have an overwhelming desire to see the faces behind the microphones you hear every week. We cover a whole range of recovery topics, all centered on staying sober during the holidays. We discussed having a sober holiday plan, having fun sober, self-care in recovery, and more. Plus, we took live questions from those who watched it live. So listen up. If you're listening out there, we appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, My name's Shane. I am from That Sober Guy podcast in Northern California. And uh, we have my buddies uh, Jason, Charlie, and Static here tonight. We're going to talk about being sober for the holidays and what that looks like. Uh, man, such a such an interesting topic that uh, I know all of us get a lot of questions about. What do you guys do? Um, how do you do that? Um, I didn't mention Charlie and Jason are both of the Way Out podcast. So uh, I've had Charlie on the uh, on the show before. You may have heard him on there, and uh, that's actually what got us uh, together tonight 
in uh, this idea to kind of come together and do a, this panel setting uh, style of podcast. And we invited Static in, uh, who's awesome, who's also been on the podcast before, got a great story. Um, and man, we're going to dive into some stuff. We're going to have some fun tonight. Um, we're going to take some questions and comments. So feel free to drop those in the chat as anybody logs in. And uh, we'll kind of keep resetting the group as we as we go, um, you know, every five, 10 minutes or so. If any new people pop in or not, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I guess we're going to kind of kick it off. I'll give a, a very brief intro of myself and we'll just go around the horn here. Uh, my name's Shane. I've been sober since 2013, September 11th. And uh, man, it changed my life. Uh, struggled for over 17 years with alcohol. And in addition to that alcohol, there was other substances involved, but alcohol was always at the, the center of it. And uh, man, besides my wife and my kids uh, getting sober, man, the best decision I've ever made in my life uh, went on to uh, to start that Sober Guy podcast and just continue to, to do my best to serve and uh, not drink today. That's a good uh, good way to, to, to kick it off, I think. And uh, let me uh, let me kick it over to Jason and have him intro himself, and then we'll just go around the horn. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Rudin. I'm co-host of the Way Out Podcast with Charles down there, and uh, we live in Minnesota in different areas, but we connected many quite a few years ago when I was pretty fresh in this thing and uh, just finding my legs and my recovery and. Then he wanted to change the format of his podcast about a year or so after that. And I, he, he asked me if I wanted to help him with it. And I felt completely unqualified, <laughs> freaked out. But I, I was like, you know, could it hurt me? No. Could it hurt someone else? No. Could it possibly benefit me or somebody else? Well, yeah. So I had to say yes. That's what my sponsor told me. And I'm glad I did. It's one of the greatest blessings in my life to be able to do it to hear all the great uh, different experiences and stories and, and, and just, I learned so much from doing the podcast, man. So awesome to meet you fellas, static and Shane, man. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation, get to know you guys a little bit better. And uh, yeah, just hopefully we have a good time here and it helps somebody, you know? Yeah. Right on Jason. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here too. We'll kick it off to static. Hey everyone, my name is Static, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm sober too. That's why I'm here. And <laughs> I, so I've been sober since uh, March 9th, twenty twelve. And I, you know, I had a very exciting life up until that, and I still had one after. I was a professional musician, still am. Got to do lots of great things with music and the band and touring and yada yada. And I'm really grateful that I got sober. Um, kind of in the middle of that because I only stepped back from that life recently so i got to really experience uh all the gifts of sobriety while getting to still live my dreams but the greatest thing that came out of this was dreams i never knew i had and now i'm 44 i live with the love of my life i have two cats i have a lease in my name i know how to clean my air conditioning uh mm -hmm. filters out because i didn't know that till i was a grown mature adult at 40 <laughs> years old sober and uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here with you guys. And Shane and I, 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 we, I did his podcast and we actually hang out in Clubhouse once a week talking about stuff very similar to this. Uh, spiritual armor is really about our expansion of the spiritual toolkit and just like the practical toolkit of sobriety. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to spending time with you two guys. I haven't met you yet in uh, Minnesota. So we got three time zones represented tonight. I'm excited about that too. Yeah, that's right. Central, East and West. I love it. Bring recovery uh, fully across the map. That's right. Charlie, how about you, man? Static, thanks, bro. 
we got you all covered time zone wise. That was on purpose. So <laughs> we're yeah. that good. My name is Charlie <laughs> Lavore. I am the creator, host, and uh, producer of the Way Out podcast, along with my amazing co-host, Jason Rudine. We help people recover out loud, right? And I've been sober since uh, December 6, 2014, and my life has been a journey of uh, uh, of a whole lot of uh, miracles since then. It hasn't been perfect, but it has been absolutely worth it. And that's the message of our podcast when we help people recover out loud, that recovery isn't perfect and it takes work, but it is absolutely worth every ounce of the effort. And uh, so we're here today to talk a little recovery and uh, talk about the holidays. The holidays, we're right on the doorstep, really, of the holidays. <laughs> yeah, that's right? for sure. It's true. And that can be a difficult time for anybody, but especially for us in recovery, and even more if we're newer in recovery. It can be a minefield for a lot of different reasons. Difficult relationships, triggers, and... We know, and from my own experience and interviewing so many people in recovery, that feelings and emotions, when they are threatening to be overwhelming, that can be a dangerous place for us. And the holidays are full of those potentially emotional moments. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we can do on a daily basis that can help us get through this time with some sense of joy and serenity, right? I love it. Yeah. Does anybody remember any time specific during the holidays when maybe that, that you have an instance where something funny happened or you really struggled or anything in particular? I know someone's got to have something. <laughs> Before or after? Were we talking uh, in sobriety or like right. out there? Yeah, well, so I guess to frame it up a little better, um, we all have the the instances of having to go into um, a setting, whether it be a family setting or a friend setting, uh, a party, something around the holidays. We're getting together, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and everything in between. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so I know like for me, when I first got sober, <clears throat> And quit drinking. It was hard to go into those environments and, uh, um, you know, and and just maintain sometimes, you know, maintain a good attitude, maintain uh, non awkwardness, too. I think that was always one that was big, like not feeling awkward um, about like. I don't have to explain to you my whole life story why I don't drink alcohol on Christmas. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just is, you know. Especially new that first year, I definitely remember that first year. Now I'm three times divorced, right? So I'm on the back end of a third divorce. So you know, obviously, the questions come from those who are brave enough, like what happened to so and so, right? And <laughs> right, right. I know that. And so do we gather everybody around to just tell you in one? No, no, we're going to do this one at a time. 
That's what's going to happen. Do I need my PA system? Right. That would be great. If we could just gather you all around and just tell you all at once, but no, they kind of corner you separately. So, um, yeah, what happened? Right. 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 Uh, and so you get to give them the reader's digest of, you know, while I, uh, was a raging alcoholic and addict and, uh, um, you know, that, um, uh, that uh, didn't work so well for our relationship, right? Uh, and uh, now I'm sober. And then, you know, sort of like, that sort of reaction. Um, or they kind of feel bad for you that you're sober. Or there's a, a myriad of, or, or it's a, sometimes congratulations, but it's an uncomfortable conversation, especially the first time around, right? That's hilarious <laughs> that somebody would feel bad for somebody because they're sober. <laughs> Oh yeah, Dude, I don't there. know. That's I don't think hilarious. it's very funny because it makes sense to me. Like if I look back at the way I used to think and live, yeah. and I I would feel bad for a motherfucker if they weren't, <laughs> you know. Even. I'd be yeah. like, "What is wrong with you? You haven't lived." Jason, sober? Oh man, I'm sorry, bro. Sorry, yeah, sorry, like you sorry. lost a pet or something. Like, oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's man, funny. I can yeah, my my son. Uh, was that because like when I was first getting clean, I went to my brother's house for Christmas and I wasn't expecting this, but they kind of surprised me and my ex-wife brought my son there and I hadn't seen him. And, you know, you guys seen him before we started live streaming. Uh, this was when he was four and he's almost 10 now, but man, I remember I broke down. I had to go downstairs and sit on the bottom step and just cried like hard because I couldn't believe he was there and it just really um it was a pretty pretty heavy moment for me and like it was it was awesome though and it, you know how people were so supportive and even like planning stuff like that behind my back to surprise me I thought yeah. it was pretty cool you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah, for, for me with holidays, I was always very fortunate um, with my family because my family doesn't really drink. They're not real drinkers. Like I always joke around and say my mother has been like drinking the same glass of wine at Christmas for the last 20 years. <laughs> but she always – like she never finishes it. And like of course the alcoholic in me keeps track of every year if she 100%. drinks it or not. Yeah. And they don't even drink really anything with any, any oomph to it. They, they have this obsession with this like pink wine that has like barely any like – kick and of course i noticed that they're drinking low alcohol content but what it taught me was like my family has so much they're very fun like loud italian and crazy and funny people and they do it all on their own so it was it was kind of a cool gift to like begin a holiday season and being around the family a lot because when i got sober i realized how much i missed when i wasn't because yeah. i would i would take any travel job and then my priorities started to fall on the line surprise like you know what i want to be with my family on the holidays mm. and they're not really the root of any of my i try not to avoid my family so i realized like these people are crazy like they're fun they're loud <laughs> slightly perverted at times they all play music and nobody's drinking yeah. or they have the same glass yeah. of wine every year so that helped a lot but like thinking about your first holiday you said your sober day is december 6th it is it's actually my birthday, my belly button birthday. Yeah. But you're, you're, you were rolling into Christmas on three weeks of like headlong in. Well, and that's, it's funny too, Scott, because crazy. maybe funny is not the right word, but the reason, the, the, the sort of uh, 
culminating moment of my surrender moment was Thanksgiving. And that was my, uh, sometimes my oldest son's birthday falls on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. And, you know, long story short, I had promised my third wife uh, that I am uh, going to stay sober for 30 days. So I did that on um, Marlboro's and resentments and <laughs> to don't recommend Marlboro anyone. Reds? Were they reds? They were Marlboro I picture reds. It was a red, a red, yeah. yeah you are red Marlboro cowboy sure. killers That's and right. resentment. So they do not recommend that. And because I was able to do that for 30 days, I convinced her that I see I'm not an alcoholic. Uh, I can uh, drink on Thanksgiving. And so I convinced her to do that. And I never like to put myself in that box of I'm only going to have a couple because I knew myself just well enough. I wasn't really ready to surrender to my alcoholism and my addiction, but I knew myself well enough to know that I couldn't hold to, oh, I'm only going to have a couple. But I knew this was so important that I had to. Like, I just had to. I could not get loaded. Mm. Everything was riding on it. And boy, I didn't want to get divorced again. Holy moly. And so, so, yeah, go get some alcohol. And I'm like, I'm on it. And I got enough alcohol, get an army drunk. And there's three of us. And, you know, um, my stepmom and dad, very similar. Like, you're going to have two and then you're going to switch to water? Like, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, and I got loaded, right? And I got completely uh, loaded. And I didn't, and, and every fiber of my being didn't want that. And I almost cut my hand off carving the turkey. And oh, damn. Um, um, my wife, my third wife, uh, now ex-wife, looked at me and said, what's wrong with you? And she wasn't trying to be dramatic or mean. She was really wondering, like, what is wrong with me? Like, mm -hmm. what is actually wrong with you? And my son looked at her and looked at me and said, what do you mean? It's just dad. He's just drunk again. Mm -hmm. And that was that moment, right? And she's like, you got to go to treatment. Like, you got to go. And so, wow. you know, I go to treatment and I surrender and uh, everybody say hi to Chubbs, the uh, friendly cat. Chubbs. Um, we're working on that being an ironic name. It's not quite ironic yet, uh, <laughs> but we're working I, on it. I think of Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. He goes, he goes yeah. in the handshake. <laughs> That's All what I first thought of. Chubbs. Yeah. So, so coming in then, you know, my sobriety day the last time I drank and I wasn't trying to get sober. I was just trying not to get divorced. But, you know, ultimately that started my recovery journey. So heading into the holidays headlong, like less than 30 days sober into Christmas, right? Um, heading for a divorce. Yeah, it was, a, it was my life was in complete disarray hmm. at that time. And I relied heavily on other folks in the in in 12 step i i relied heavily on um just the basic day, day tools of the program right um uh, my higher power being a big part of that and it got me through i i said acceptance like rain man like 400 times a day <laughs> acceptance 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 100 percent and over hundred percent. Like I can't control this. I'm just going to accept it. And acceptance is the answer. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and every time I recited that acceptance passage, it gave me some peace and got me through. And, um, you know, it was just like not one day at a time. It was one 
minute at a time. It was one hour at a time. Hmm. That's awesome. I, I liked early on too. You painted that. Well, I don't like it. I like it because you're here now and you're sober with us. But you talked about Thanksgiving and you painted the perfect picture of the phenomenon of craving. Yeah. You had all good intention to have two drinks and a glass of water. Yeah. But once it hit your lips, nah. Yeah, that's we're off. Mm. I Who had knows? no it's power. Like, it's a week later. That's, that's it. Yeah. I was powerless. I was completely and utterly powerless. It's crazy in that that mind you know, after you've had some uh, experience without drinking for a while, it still can come back and go, well, you, you're all right. You could probably just have one beer. I mean, I could say I've had those thoughts after eight years, you know what I mean? The like, instant like, forgetter. Oh. Yeah, man. And it's like, as soon as it hits, like you said, as soon as that hits the lip, once it hits your lips, it's so good as Frank the Tank would say from old school, another great movie, but it's true. You know, it's true. And, uh, Man, who knows where it goes from there? Shit. <laughs> you just painted the other side of it, the mental obsession. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, the qualification is. of a real alcoholic, <laughs> phenomena craving, mental obsession. My life's yes. a mess even without the alcohol. Great. We have a place for you. <laughs> I was so relieved. I was so relieved when I finally I really felt I'm, like, I'm a real alcoholic. I mean, yeah. that's it? That's this is awesome. I, I could get help. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <sighs> Every relapse I've ever had was a very much same what you described. And the little yeah. voice in my head says, hey, Chuck, <laughs> you know, you've been doing really good, like really good. And so maybe, maybe you don't really actually need those meetings. Yeah. Right, like you don't need them because you've been doing so good, and so you skip one. Because I'm listening to this. I like how he calls you Chuck. Chuck. And I'm like, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll skip this week's meeting. I skip oh. it and I don't spontaneously combust <laughs> into a pile of alcohol. Right. <laughs> and and then I think, oh, oh, well, maybe, maybe. Just maybe it was all a phase. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to drink right now, but maybe it was just a phase. And that's the slippery slope that I go down. And this voice in my head convinces me that actually I wasn't an alcoholic this whole time. And I have to convince myself first so that I can go about convincing anybody that I, that's necessary in my life to convince that it's okay that I drink again. Okay. And I go on this campaign to convince myself and other people that it's okay. And that's how that's, that's the insidiousness of and, the way my alcoholism operates. And that's how you almost cut your hand off slicing the Turkey. You know, that's that. that it all falls yeah. into place. And let me just kind of reset this room really quick here. We had a couple of people uh, join us. So cool. Glad you guys are here. Welcome. Uh, thanks for welcome, welcome. Yeah, checking it out tonight. And we're just having some fun talking about being sober for the holidays, what that looks like. Um, we'd love to see any comments or questions. So feel free to post those in the chat. There should be a little chat. I, I believe it's on either. I think it's on the right hand side of your screen. It should be up at least on mine. Oh, is. we have a chat too. Look at that. Yeah. If, yeah. So if you open that. Yeah, I know we should probably do a little, a uh, little interface uh, thing real quick or whatever the hell that's called. 
um what's it called again static you're so much better at this part than i with am. what like, uh just laying out the room like where the the mic button is your mute button um a tutorial know, on the side <laughs> i guess it's a tutorial discussing the the i guess it's called the G, the gui the gui <laughs> of this the particular interface? software <laughs> the interface there you go well the i liked interface. having it full screen i wanted to see everybody so it's, ah, now it's not full screen i, I have the chats well so so i guess we should say then too i think that's fair enough for all of us um uh, this is really, this is my second time using StreamYard, and I think it's for you guys. It's it's your first logging in. I think Static, you may have used it on someone else's podcast as well. Uh, my, yeah, my I've been Bill. on it a few times. Um, it's a great platform, but I'm still learning the the uh, navigating around. No, but anyways, enough, I comments, drop version. some comments in there. Yes. What's there's that, private chat too that nobody else sees, which is cool. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, you know, I was saying, I was, right. Go I was ahead. thinking about the, the the voice in the head, and this is like okay. a question. Like everybody always talks about, like my disease is doing push-ups in the corner, which is real. Right. But like it's you started real. talking about your voice in your head, and somehow <laughs> I pictured like Beetlejuice Michael Keaton, like hey Chuck. Um, like, but I wonder, like, what, is what does everybody view? You, what is what is your voice like? Oh my! I always say like I don't have a, somebody doing push-ups in the corner. I right. have like in all those movies when you see a bunch of mercenaries like getting ready to do stuff. There's like the like you know there's like the really built woman who's like some badass like doing like pull-ups over there and there's like all these guys getting ready you know who's loading magazines who's sharpening a knife and somehow my dude is always like the kind of quiet big guy who's got the m60 or something belt fed and he's like <laughs> working all that and somehow at the end of that scene that guy says the thing or does the thing that's like oh fuck <laughs> and that's that's my guy he's like kind of watching everybody else and he's just gonna come in and uh but that's like you said that's why we go to meetings that's why i listen to others that's why i help others so i'm around newcomers that's why when someone goes out i'm like i, I am one of those guys now who's like what happened um, I, I don't mean to be excited but i want to know right. because when they tell me that it's amazing like you know it's it's not a long time but nine and a half years without even like a drink and i can still when someone shares like when it goes awry i can still feel that Absolutely. endless like I was on a runaway train. It's like a feeling I can't explain and it always goes there. And it's, I've never felt it since. Mm. I never felt like I wasn't in sync with the world. So, I mean, I've had low days and depression and all other, I mean, I'm, I'm more than one program. I'm, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic who's also an adult children, you know, dysfunctional families and alcoholics. I'm, I go to therapy cause I have ADHD. I have a whole bunch of shit going on, but it doesn't feel that feeling like, I don't know. It's like, I always felt like the world is here and I'm slightly behind. It's kind of like Langoliers, that, that book from Stephen King where they're eating the planet behind you because you're late, but right behind now. Like, that's why I always felt like I was right behind now and everything is coming to get me. And I go, oh, I remember those feelings even when I was dry and it's all gone now. But as soon as someone shares deep um, about something bad, like, or, or how life was, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that feeling will get me right here. I'm like, yeah. I go, thank you. Thank you. And then our, another guy I'm around has been around a long time. He always says, he reminded me of this and he said it out loud. He goes, someone was qualifying and they had good sobriety a bunch of years, but they were talking about this one situation that you could see everybody in the zoom go like our faces drop. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, man, when you said that all our faces drop, but I always remember if you're in here telling us everything's okay now. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Dude. So. And that's why the newcomers are the most important people. Cause they keep it up here for me. I need it right up front. I can't forget where I came from. I can't forget what happens if I go back out. You know, I can't yeah. think that I can play with it, smoke a little weed or have a beer because yeah. 
I know I'm going to end up with a pile of rocks and a bag of needles. That's just the way it goes for me. And I think it's funny what you said about that guy. Cause I was picturing my guy. I was trying to think like, <laughs> what would my guy look like? I pictured like that really skinny nerdy looking one that everybody's wondering why the fuck he's in war, but he's like the explosive specialist. And he does ah. <laughs> <laughs> just a yeah. creepy looking fucker. Yeah. Be- yeah, like he, like he already did time for like some kind of like computer hacking <laughs> thing at 15. So he signed into the, the, the armed forces because he had to get out of trouble. <laughs> Just the guy who is, is capable of the most destruction ever. <laughs> this is crazy. That's, That's awesome. Brutal. Yeah, instant forgetter, keeping it green. I, I heard important. somebody in the room say that he had a Teflon brain that stuff just doesn't stick for very long. Um, so he has to keep on coming back to keep mm. hearing that truth. He keep hearing people recover out loud so that he could remember the things that he needed to remember in order to stay on the beam, right? And stay connected. Yeah. I no, think that's uh, a great one. I think I had shared this in our in Static and I's clubhouse meeting on Monday because the same similar um, topic came up about forgetting. And it kind of relates mm. to Charlie, what you were talking about. Like you, you still go to those meetings. You don't need to go to those meetings. Like you right. gotta stay consistent. Like for me. Not drinking is just not not drinking. It's a lifestyle. It's like how I live my life. It's a mm. it's a part of my everyday, um, you know, everyday dealings. And uh, I remember when I was in rehab, um, we had a counselor in there named David, and he had man, he was a big dude. And this dude should have done died like fifty times over. I mean, the amount of heroin and meth and just stuff this guy had injected in him, into himself it was unreal that he was still alive and he was a big dude too, but he would pound his hand on the, uh, on the desk and he would say, you will forget. And he just pounded it into our heads. Like, I don't care. You're going to get out there back out and it's going to be, you know, great. And you're going to get a year, a couple years, and then you'll start to forget if yeah. you don't stay dialed in and, and make, um, yeah. make this thing, uh, bigger than just not drinking or not doing drugs. I mean, um, for me, man, the community, the fellowship, um, the friends, the connections, that's been such a huge part of me being able to um, remain somewhat, um, you know, obviously not drink, but just remain uh, teachable and able to grow and be and right. get to know a little bit who Shane Raymer is versus um, who I had no clue when I just numbed myself out for so long, you know? Right. Uh, so, I mean, and, and this is a good example of it. This, these connections that allow us to do this, this, you know, cool live um, podcast here and, and just have some fun with it, man. It's, it's just an amazing thing. And I don't have to be hung over tomorrow. I, I'll actually remember it. Imagine right. that. <laughs> yeah. What are the things that I did this time entering recovery December 6, 2014 is I really embraced recovery all in, right? And I remember listening to Joe and Charlie in the beginning and they were so important and so critical to my early recovery as were a lot of things, but they just kept saying, run that experiment and do it to the best of your given ability. And, and it allowed me to really embrace sobriety and recovery Mm. as a part of my identity not something that i didn't do right prior to december 6 2014 anytime i was sober it was something i wasn't doing 
well, I'm just not, I'm not doing that anymore. Right? I'm not mm-hmm. doing that right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Recovery and sobriety became very quickly integrated into my identity. Yeah. And I got connected with other people who had integrated recovery and sobriety into their identities. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, it didn't feel like I was hiding that away and keeping that under wraps. Mm-hmm. I was proud of it. I was proud that I was that I that I, I was sober. Mm. And that I was in recovery. And that felt good. Yeah. I like that. I like when you said things you're not doing, because that's a big one for me. Like, there's nothing I don't do anymore. There's a whole bunch of stuff I do do. Absolutely. Doo-doo. It's you like, I did do do. I live. <laughs> like, when people are like, well, what's it like going to, like, we're talking about the holidays. We're talking about events. And, like, you go to a you know, the first time going to a wedding and I tell sponsees or people that are new and in the beginning I was telling myself and I still tell myself, I'm like, well, why am I going? It's just like, in, it's just like if you read working with others in the big book, not to be like a thumper because I'm not, I'm just in a book study every week because I need to be reminded because to be a good sponsor, I feel I need to be in the book. Absolutely. It's not my brain. It's the book. But anyway, um, I was all blown away working with others. It's exactly what I was always thinking. It's this perspective. Do you have a reason for being there? Well, it's my sister's getting married. Well, that's not a drinking event. You're going to see your sister get married. And all these different stepping stones of perspective, yeah. all the things like, well, when people go there, what do they do? I'm like, well, they laugh, they carry on at a good time. They're like, well, why do you have to have alcohol to do that? You could laugh, you could carry on. What could you bring to? And then how could you be a service to the whole event? And that's mm-hmm. like, or to people there. And I'm like, wow. And that's the kind of stuff that really grew with me. And the more my program grew, it's like, I live for that. It's like, I, I'm now I'm finally, well, not now, maybe within a few years ago, it's like I understand when people say the day I stopped drinking or the day I stopped using is the day I started living. Absolutely. And I I feel that all the time. It's like, yeah. well, why am I doing that? Well, I'm going there to be there. And I was even I, ha- I had to go to something this weekend that would would have been a rough one to go to. It was a old friend and mentor that connected all my friends in the music world and everything in our area. Sadly, his son, you know, lost his life to fentanyl overdose at 24 years old. He's one of us that couldn't get it together, kept trying. Right. So I go there with people and it's a, it's a hard, it's a rough thing. But then I got to be around people I haven't been around in a long time. So that was interesting. So me and one of my, like my brother, my closest friend, I was in a band with him for 18 years. We went back to where the studio was. The studio's still there. I just don't go there all the time. And the three of them that were all like family, they're normal people. They could have a few drinks. This is pretty a traumatic day for them. So they decided they were just going to have, they're having some tequila shots and, you know, kind of saluting people that are gone. And my one bandmate, and she's like my sister, she know, they, they were around me sober for years in the band. She immediately got cold brew coffee because she knew the symbolism of what was happening. She's also the most empathic, amazing human on the planet in that sense because it wasn't – they know I don't care about people drinking around me at all. I was a bartender sober for a few years. It's not about the drinking. But she was so observant of the symbolism of what everybody was doing that she immediately got cold brew. And then gave me the cold brew and gave me my glass, just so not that we were gonna mix up cold brew and tequila. I mean, but you never know. If they kept going, they might mix it up. I wouldn't. But right. and I was able to even participate without right. it. It wasn't like I was fake drinking, because I'm not into this fake drinking world. I'm not into drink think like fake mocktails that mocktails. I don't want to be judgmental, but if a mocktail is like alcohol, I have no use for it. If that works for you, 
by all means, enjoy it. But for me, it's like, that's not my ride. I'd rather just drink coffee. So we participated. I got to participate in something that you would think on face value. I guess that's the Irish funeral is the nickname for it. Yeah. But when people are toasting people, like you wouldn't be able to participate in that. Or you're the guy with the water bottle, like, <laughs> you know, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay being the guy with the water bottle, yeah. you know, but I was like, that was like super awesome. And that does yeah. take certain people. You can't just show it up does. to the quote unquote Irish funeral people you don't know. These are, these are people that, you know, also held, I had, I had dreadlocks most of my life, hold my dreads when I was puking on the side of the road mm. in different tours. These are people who truly cared about me. And when I got sober, supported me. So <laughs> I trusted that environment, but it was like, and didn't feel like drinking. It felt like I had my coffee. They were doing their, it was all about the, whatever we were celebrating. And I was able to be a part of something that's kind of like, you could say it's teetering, but it's, it's, did you, have any, did you have any special bond with anybody? There's like your, your special dreadlock holder. You're like, man, thanks bro for holding my dreads last night. <laughs> you know, the dreadlock you me, holders, you and me. <laughs> I gotta say the dreadlock holders, it's not that nobody wouldn't do it for me, but yeah. it was always like whoever was like new in the rotation. Cause we always had like certain people that stayed in a band and never, you know, we we're like spinal tap or, or we're worse than Pearl Jam. There was more drummers and like, I, I would look back and be like, who are you? So it would be like the, the new person got stuck with my hair. Um, which was really funny. Hey, Lila, you visiting? Um, and that was, I do have some fond stories. I, years later, I found out one person got sober really? as well. Yeah. So, and when I, they had me come speak at their meeting and I got to tell, talk about when she was holding my hair mm. next, uh, we were in Flint, Michigan on a runoff ramp. And now we're both sober. Like, how do you go from not knowing before loco is drinking too many in a van ride and then puking everywhere yeah. to like now i'm sharing at your meeting so i i, I mean awesome. sobriety is cool as shit nothing's cooler sobriety to me hell yeah <laughs> nothing it. actually is cooler maybe today than if you are going to throw some questions into the oh, yeah right you are going to yes. win one of three limited and i say limited edition Way Out Podcast. Mugs, you could put coffee in Love it. it. You could put water in it. Yeah. You could put juice in it. And <laughs> it would taste just don't put yeah. it. <laughs> what? Yeah, true. <laughs> you could. It's your choice. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, you grown ass adults, you do whatever yeah. you want with it. Yeah, okay? I, I love it. Draw, yeah, I, I would love to see some questions and comments too, and 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 you know whatever and anything. Share a, a question, anything. While while we're uh, hopefully uh, dropping some of those, what do you guys think about? And I think this is relative to the holidays. A lot of people drink uh, just for pure social anxiety. Uh, they just don't know how to be themselves. They don't know how to be in an environment where, um, you know, maybe maybe there is uh, there's stress, there's anxiety. They just, don't know, they just don't know how to act. And so alcohol is a great lubricant, a great tool, at least it seems like it at the time, right. uh, you know, to help loosen up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So did you guys deal with um, social anxiety um, with that, especially coming into the holidays, that's like two trains hitting head on, right? Yeah. Having, to, having to deal with that. Uh, what are some tips maybe for, for people out there who are new or who are going into this season, um, you know, and really trying to uh, get ahead of the new year? Cause we know everybody's coming with the big new year's resolution coming yep. up and yep. we want to praise you for that until you hell yes, go with it. But if you can, you know, even jump in sooner, have at it. But what, what would be some tips from you guys? What are you guys thinking? 
Great question. I think it really ties into having a relapse prevention plan too. have a plan. I like right? that. When you go into these situations that are fraught with emotions and potentially tension and awkwardness. And look, I used alcohol early and often to ease my social anxiety, right? Then in high school, it allowed me to hit on the girls and stick up to the guys, right? And it was an instant uh, um, confidence booster. And, you know, if you didn't like what I said, I didn't even, I didn't care, right? So, (laughs) but have a plan. Have a way to get out if it's uncomfortable, if there's something that's going sideways for one reason or another from an anxiety perspective uh, inside of you, uh, from an emotional perspective inside of you, or something external that's going on, have a way out. Yeah. So that drive yourself, drive yourself, you know, don't ride with somebody who's going to be stuck there pounding them. And then they're too fucked up to drive. So now, you know, you're screwed unless you yeah. can find a ride and, you know, good luck finding somebody to come pick your ass up on a holiday. Right. Cause everybody's busy. And then I, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have an escape plan. <laughs> yeah, you have a way out. Have a, see what I did there. Have. Oh, the way, way out, out, baby. That was damn good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I would also add, um, to agree to all that, because it all fits in the same thing, I'm just going to add to this plan, is to me is having things you need. Don't go hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you can handle caffeine, you know, a little caffeine definitely deals with that situation. But I always bring a bag of tricks with me, not mm-hmm. not tricks to cereal, even though if that's what works, that works. But I always have and, things with me. You have a little bit of candy, some snacks, mm-hmm. some drinks that you like that are sealed. Like I still, I mean – Nine and a half years sober, I don't really yeah. think about booze anymore. I mean, yes, I, if I, all of us should think of it at some point. It's what we do with that plan after. Like, I might look over and be like, oh, that looks good. And I go, oh, that's not good for me. That's good for them. And then I go back to my day. But I bring stuff. I always have sealed containers at really crowded yeah. events so I don't mess up glasses. And that's a big one is that having that plan that, like, I'm going to be decently fed when I go there. If I need caffeine, I'm going to have things to drink because if things get weird and nobody's – like, I, I bring for myself. And another one that I remember early in sobriety help, and this is what I help with some sponsees with that, because I, I definitely dealt with the social anxiety is, you know, because you feel like you go to the party and everybody's kind of like creepy and they're trying to get buzzed up. And the thing is like, yeah. we're, we should be working past that. And a lot of times I tell them, that's what I said. Well, this is what they told all of us. Show up a little late and leave early. Because once people yeah. are kind of going, you're off their radar. They're Absolutely. loud. They're funny. You just walk in loud and funny. I mean, I know it takes a different level of confidence. But sometimes I feel like the place is kind of dim. I would go out and call somebody. I'd call one of you. We would talk. We would laugh. We would have, yeah. and I would be, I would basically, it's like a warm up. Like you're about to get into the boxing ring. You're doing the warm up. Mm. You go in and now you're going because you're just like laughing and you're going, and then people have no idea. And the other one, when yeah. people offer me drinks, people offer you drinks. That's like, in the beginning, it was like, no. Now I just, they go, <laughs> they go what do you want? They go, what do you want? To, they go, what do you want to drink? And I just order whatever I want yeah. without any pause but what i want doesn't happen to have alcohol in it but if you didn't stop they don't notice and when people kind of push no i really want to get oh no come on get a drink i really want to get something um come on i want to get something it's like you know what i'll take a hamburger i started ordering food on people so either (laughs) either what happens is well they they, if they didn't stop they proved the point there's a lot of people who just want to make you comfortable and the only hospitality hospitality they know um is to offer a drink because it's kind of common and it's right. like, no, no, I'm actually hungry. I'll take a burger. They're like, oh, 
then you, you kind of hit that nerve. They got that grandma, like, I want to feed you thing in them. Or if they get pissed off, and they're not going to do it again. Yes. Like, if they do it again, they get pissed off, order lobster. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> like, shit. And I love the hungry, angry, lonely, tired, static. It's a self-care. If we're taking yeah. care of ourselves, then I'm less likely to get in a situation where I am at risk. Oh, and mm-hmm. self-care is extremely yeah. important on a daily basis, but especially in times like these. Holidays are hectic and busy, and uh, these things can be uh, – these social and family gatherings can be difficult. So let's take care of our bodies. Let's mm-hmm. make sure that we're fed well and that we get good sleep. I am, like, so, so a big advocate of good sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So take care of yourself. And if – if we're in a good spot from that perspective, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, then those triggers are going to be less apt to sort of get me into a bad spot. But if they do, knowing what that feels like, knowing myself well enough to know when I'm not in a good place is also very important, right? I got to know mm-hmm. what my boundaries are. Mm. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah your prior, it's priority is you. Or anybody who's being sober, our, we're our own priority to be how much of it can we deal with and don't overstay, don't like, and what's our purpose? I'm going back to working with others again, the big book. What is our purpose for even being there? And if yeah. you can't find purpose and you're not spiritually fit, don't go. Yeah, right. that's good. But but I, yeah. I would I would say, too, to challenge yourself, like especially if you're really early in recovery, because I think we are, you know, early on, we're still operating under our previous understanding, which is, that this is going to suck sober. I have to be lit. I have to be high, you know, or I can't deal with so-and-so. And I'll tell you right now, like all that stuff in my experience was a lie. Like I can have fun sober. I can deal with so-and-so sober. I can actually feel better because I had a conversation with that person, you know, and I, and we could finally air out the shit that I've been hanging on to for the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, um, so Mm -hmm. like being willing to suit up and show up like is, is really big. And, you know, again, if it's going sideways, then, you know, have that escape plan in place. But really, I think a lot of times you'd be pleasantly surprised at how much fun you can have at how much, uh, more, you know, like we just have twisted perceptions. Maybe you, think you got this beef is so serious with somebody and it really wasn't even nothing dude yeah. like you just talk to him for a minute and it's all squashed and then you have end up having an awesome time like yeah most of um, the time we make we make up stories in our head and they're worse than they actually you know they were you know oh, no doubt about I love it. it i love the i love the pregame aspect too you know pre pregame in um i think that came up a couple of times in different ways but uh, just being prepared, you know, going in, know where you're going. And I think to Static's point, what's your purpose? Do you got a purpose yeah. to be there? If you do, awesome. Then be there the time you need to be there. And once that purpose starts, uh, you know, going away, then get the hell out of there and have a ride. Right. You know, I love it. We got a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this up here in just awesome. a second. I, you know, I'm on the I'm on the YouTube stream on my phone too and i I don't see myself how to even add a question on there so i don't know if anybody uh knows on there but uh, i don't so hopefully that's not an issue for for anybody else on there i just didn't see a 
um, a place where you can add a comment. But in any case, let's uh, let's start with this one. This I believe it's from AJ. Uh, it says, "How do you guys deal with resentments with family members while at the family event?" I love this question. So oh, so yeah. common. Like wow, it happens so many times. I struggle with putting on a positive face for my niece and nephew while dealing with my sister. Uh, so yeah, that's, a, that's a great one. Uh, who, who wants to kick it off? Feel free to jump, jump in. I would love to jump in on this. Nobody loved a resentment more than me. Um, I love to be a good resentment, um, but in sobriety, they're in recovery. They're not that helpful. And contrary to what I thought, as the truth is instead of just sort of like trying to bury that resentment down as deep as I possibly could and uh, putting on that face, um, I would pray for that person uh, mm. if I knew that I was coming up to that event. And this is uh, sage advice from my sponsor. Uh, and um, uh, even if I didn't mean it, uh, I pray for that person. Uh, over and over and over and over again, again like Rain Man, until I meant it. You just bra- you're, you're basically brainwashing yourself into that. Hundred percent. I mean, that's and and you know what's funny, Charlie is my sponsor uh, gave the same advice to me and still continues to do so. Man, if you're struggling with somebody, just pray for him. Like, and and if you want to help somebody but you can't, just pray for him. You know, we can really use use that to our advantage versus the latter for me, which is, it sounds like uh, AJ, this may be something for you too, is getting pissed off and really having to white knuckle it. And, and because of anger and stuff, I man, we can't control people, places, things static. What's your take, man? This is an amazing question. Cause this isn't like, how do you go to a party and like people are drinking around me? This is the real stuff. So AJ, yeah. thank you for such yeah. a deep question. And if you're into comments, AJ, do you want to expand on what we're talking about? You could, you know, throw a little more in here with us, but, um, yeah, that, that resentment one, it, it's, it, it, if, hmm, and this come from any point of view, this has come from uh, the people who identify as alcoholics and addicts. This is for people who have resentments because they grew up in alcoholic and addict families. You know, this, this is, this is for our brothers and sisters in Al-Anon and ACOA and recovery is all around. Our tools are all the same. We just have Truth. different ways, the, different yeah. doors that got us here. Truth. Um, and I kind of, my sponsor taught me the same thing. The resentment is on us as much as even if, if, even if a logical person, which I'm not, cause I'm an alcoholic, I'm not allowed to have logic for my own life. I can have logic for someone else's, um, <laughs> says you have a reason. I can't have a reason because that reason will, will, will kill me. Resentments are my death. Resentments will take me out. Resentments will put me in all the behaviors that will lead me directly to a drink. And a lot of the behaviors on the way could still kill me. So I got to use what my sponsor taught me as well is, is pray for them. I go back to purpose because we're talking about happy faces for nieces and nephews. Um, and if you don't have resentments against your nieces and nephews and no judgment, if you do, um, that's really what you're there for then. Um, for me, if I knew there was somebody and, but there was somebody else I really wanted to see, I got to bring the positive to the people I want to bring the positive to and then pray for the people where the resentments might lie and make sure my side of the street is clean. And in, and I don't know where you may be in, in recovery or in recovery at all, but in the program recovery that I, I work, I think most of us all said we do here, we learn the tools to deal with resentments. And once we get through all that, um, it's it, it goes away. 
Because once I find out what's my part in it, you know, I had a great guy explain to me that you could, you know, you got to be able, you could, you should be able to find your part in almost everything that happens, even when something bad happens to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, say you had a guy saying like, I'm struggling right now. I need a place to sleep on the couch. And you, you know, your friend's in and out of rehab and he's got some drug problems. You let him sleep on your couch, but you decide to leave your wallet out and he steals your wallet or her. And you're mad at him to go. And this guy's like, guess what? That's your fault. You set that person up to fail. You know better because you're working this program. So it's just a little bit of like, the more we take responsibility for ourselves and then clear it, the best we could do. Now, does the situation suck? Yeah, it probably does suck. And we don't know any details or whatever. I don't need to know any details. But um, in the end, if you want to see your nieces and nephews, that's who you're going there for. Whoa, what's that? Oh, Oh, that was actually the cat on the other computer and she hit the space bar and she's That's awesome. She's startled because she was holding it and then looking for the sound. And I'm like, oh, wow. your sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't good. know what I, where I want the cat. I, don't got know. Me. I think I peed myself a little right there. Though. That was heavy. I thought it was like sci-fi movie. Like X minus one, you know, pretty sure I can turn into an alien. Yeah. Good, good or bad pee. That's, that's always good. Okay. If it's I, if it's sober, it's always good. Let's just let's be real, okay? But uh, uh, AJ, you still there? Are you able to interact with us at all? You don't have to. I'm just curious how this whole streamyard works. We're learning this while you're on. AJ, you're an experiment. Got, indeed, and I gotta tell you, I, I I told my youngest son that I was streaming for the first time. I'm a, a streamyard virgin. He says, "Okay, Dad, but whatever you do, do not watch the YouTube." stream at the same time <laughs> are you doing it are you watching no 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 i'm afraid that, to because i think i'll break the internet that reminds me like when when you would call up like the radio and then you'd be listening right. to the radio <laughs> to hear was, your i think it's a similar concept it this, yeah it's a feedback thing yeah you don't want to do it no i'm not gonna lie i actually oh, do have angie here. oh we're saying angie. aj so it's aj oh, i'm so we're sorry so hi angie, angie. oh, oh sorry angie. angie that's my bad see I, I i think i set us up to fail angie all right i set us up to fail on that we're, we're learning together so thank you so much for the question too angie that was great do i just are you you're chatting now angie we could see yeah. it we could actually see you're chatting now we just got to figure out where you're dropping comments in on i see uh, it i see it in youtube because I still oh, right. can't find it, but that's okay. But is is YouTube pushing it here? Because that's a YouTube logo. Yeah, it's next so, yeah, it I is. think YouTube's so, pushing it in here. Yeah, so so people can stream. People are watching this on on YouTube, and then they should be able to drop a comment in on YouTube. But for some reason, for me, I just I can't find where to drop. The I'm on the live thing. chat. On uh, yeah, <clears> okay. Yep. Maybe it's because they're on a desktop. Maybe you got to be on a desktop or something. Cool. In any case, uh, I know we had a couple of, uh, uh, and feel free, Angie, to if you got comments, questions, anything, feel free to jump in anytime. Uh, and, and anyone else watching or listening right now as well, if you'd like to do that, please feel free to uh, jump in the chat. We'd love to uh, conversate, interact. Um, one of the but things Angie, did- I feel you because I had a resentment with my brother uh, uh, for many, many years prior to recovery and mm. into recovery, and it was wildly uncomfortable during the holidays it was prior to me completing my step work and that prayer really did save me from wanting to choke him uh at christmas so <laughs> so it helps is what god saying. grant me the serenity to not, not choke this motherfucker out 
Yeah. <laughs> Until at least after the turkey. No. Exactly. Let's eat at least first. Then I will they're docile because they're tired from the tryptophan, so they're docile and yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah. All slow motion. They pass out on the couch and go draw all over their face like when we were oh, 16, yeah. you know? Yeah. A warm, put their hand in a cup of warm water. <laughs> Did that ever work? Yeah. I tried that on yeah. a buddy one yeah, time. We, I never we tried it, it many work. times, I and I don't think we were ever successful. You the wait until they fall asleep good. and just punch them in the nuts. That's my brother. No. Oh. Me when he was a kid. No. That's straight to the point right there. Dude, I woke up, and I was like, ran right down the stairs, chased him out in the front yard. <laughs> that's funny angie right on right on Angie. great yep. I, I i like your sponsor oh you mentioned something too before we got into the, the deeper stuff about um the going to the event and we said get there late you know leave early when people ask um because I, what i realize is if you could just hold on for a little bit while everybody else is drinking you will automatically become the smartest person in the room Oh, you're like a wizard <laughs> Jedi. If you can get like a half hour in, it's just like you're just like a Jedi. You're just like, hey, I don't want to talk to you. Go go over there a minute. Someone wants to talk to you. Like they're gone. You're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. if that just gets you by, that helps. It's like for a minute, you're the smartest person in the room. Whatever. Don't let it go to your ego. Like you're not really a Jedi. You can't tell the cop like, oh, this is not the ticket you want to give. But when people are drunk at a party, you can be like, hey, maybe you should go over there. And they go. It's weird. Right. <laughs> well, then, too, it's like once people start getting sloppy, that's like my cue to be yeah. yeah, I'm out. Purpose. Know. I yeah. actually kind of have fun talking Purpose. to them when they're starting to get buzzed and stuff, you know, like. But in the beginning, when uh, people start getting yeah. sloppy, then it just starts yeah, getting they're like, hey, hey, Jason, you want to come <laughs> out on my boat? And you're like, bro, yeah. you don't even have a boat. Like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Or I'll be drunk. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying because it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool story, bro. You told me it like three times already in the ten minutes yeah. we've been here. So yeah, I think <laughs> it's my cue to leave. <laughs> How about that? That's the worst, dude. When you got to hear the story like over and over, and you're like, dude, you yeah. just said that. But like, at the same time, we have a little compassion, right? Because we've it, it, all been there. So I'm like, yeah. Okay, I always try to balance it out. About but, it. All right, y'all. So I'm a huge self-care nerd, as Jason knows. Oh, so yeah. I want to hear a little bit about what each one of you do from a self-care perspective that helps you get through the day-to-day, -day, but also becomes, I think, even more important as we uh, run headlong into the holidays. Uh, so Shane, hit me up with uh, your self-care essentials. All right. Self-care essentials. I, I love it. Um, so there's a few of them. And I think that taking care of myself um, physically, spiritually, mentally, they all kind of roll together. Um, Static knows this. We, we talk a lot about this on, on the clubhouse meeting. I feel like it comes up often, but uh, just a walk in the morning, just a, just a walk early. And when it, we have a mastermind group actually that we meet with on Thursday mornings too. And oh, a yeah. few, few of us dudes that it's a cool little group. And one of the things that came up this week is just like, like, do you, do you drink? We were talking about morning routines, actually. Do you even, do you drink water first thing when you wake up or do you go right to coffee? Um, do you do some sort of meditation, some sort of prayer? Do you get some exercise in um, for me? Uh, you know, my, the, the diet thing is, is kind of up and down. And actually, I just want to point out 
Static has been doing an amazing job on that, just crushing it. So good job, brother. Just want to give you a little love on that. Uh, it's not easy, dude. That's something big that I struggle with on, on just the, especially with kids and like, you know, living a, a fast paced thing. So um, good stuff. But the day-to-day -day things, man, they're, they're, they are pretty simple. And it's, it's prayer, meditation, some exercise, gratitude, a huge one, being grateful for what I do have. It's real easy to look at the shit I don't have or the shit I didn't get to do or what happened or what didn't happen. But how about all the things that um, God's blessed our family with? And let's just start with uh, not having a drink today. I mean, there's a, there's a good one right there. When I stay in that mindset, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it tends to set me up for, for success that, you know, in that, that day. Um, and then if we kind of apply that to, to the holidays, I think trying to stay consistent in that and trying to, uh, have a plan, like, you know, came up a couple of times. Um, and then I'll end with this, not being hard on myself. I'm not trying to check boxes. I'm trying to do things daily that actually, I can, I can handle, I can do that. I want to do. I don't just want to force myself to do things and, um, get overwhelmed and then not do them and then beat myself up for them. Like I have some days are great. And some days I struggle a little bit and I don't hit it exactly how I want to, but if I can just get a couple minutes in of any of those one things in the day and, um, you know, try to stay grounded at some point, then I think that's a good place to start for me. Mm. Oh, man, Great question tremendous. too. Thank you, bro. Absolutely right. tremendous. Static, hit me up. What's your self-care essentials? Self-care essentials. Um, well, I a lot of the program stuff is consistent with me as well. The the, the wake up, pray, meditate. But my my start off is water. Um, mm. I I don't know when I started really getting into that. It was a little while ago, and I just as soon as I wake up, thirty two ounce mason jar of water. I have to just crush it down. And I realize it, it really, I mean, it's so silly. It's water. <laughs> it's magical, but it really, it changes so much. Like all the ricks and creeks and everything that's going on, you just start to hydrate. And even if you got like a you feel like your face is kind of like caving in with the heat on in the winter. It's like you slam the water and you're awake. It's like, um, and it, it, it makes me not want to do anything else. I push, if I do want coffee or tea, I make that like an afternoon thing, like 12 or one. So I don't want to rush into my day. Um, either eat a little bit or we go do a walk, um, not too long, maybe two mile walk. And then now it's really picked up a lot. There's a lot of stretching involved. I do a stretching thing for 10 minutes. Then I make my oatmeal. And one thing I always try to do is I try to be very present in all my actions and mm -hmm. everything I do, I try to create a situation where I matter enough or like if you're even going to have, if you're going to toast a bagel, which I can't have because I can't have wheat, but from the freezer, you got a frozen bagel. You're either going to toast it or you're just going to eat it out of your hand or you're going to put it on a plate and treat yourself well. So I try to mm. take those little moments and be present in all my little mm. moments. Um, and then lately it's been my diet. It's really changed into a very clean, healthy diet where I'm eating on a schedule every two hours. Um, but a lot of my other self-care directly comes from the amazing stuff I learned in the program. I call alcoholics, yeah. I go to meetings, I pray, I meditate, I try to help others. How can I be a sir? I really try to look for how can I just be a service to somebody else that day? And that's pretty much what it is. I got to get better to sleep stuff. You're mentioning sleep. I'm not a great sleeper. Um, yeah. Five hours normally, five to six, five, seven. But um, it's really been about eating right right now, being really present, 
Um, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD like six months ago. I, I made it 44 years. No one knew. But since my life isn't as extreme as going on the road and stuff, it kind of showed itself. And I'm doing yeah. all these things just to just to make myself straight, shoot straight, you know, like cause I, I could not I eat for it. a day. So but this is good stuff. Yeah, I, I love the self-care stuff. It's really important. But this program is self-care. Recovery yeah. is self-care pro. I mean, if you, I mean, the only recovery I know is AA, twelve step, NA, like that world. And um, really, Lila? Okay. Well, <laughs> Lila. she doesn't care. If she's looking at me. I'll, I'll be back. Um, sorry, I just I don't have a mute. Oh, okay, let me let me just shut that computer off while uh, while she's uh, there. But yes, this is a self-caring program, and uh, I'm gonna take the keyboard with me, sweetie. If you could you could go step on something else now. Um, and I love how I'm wireless and you don't see me and I'm walking by. So this is how to keep this away from the cat. Um, petting the cats. This sounds really silly. Um, Kira and I interact with the cats a lot. Mm. And just uh, cats are magical. They really do help a lot. But they yeah, are. Recover they, recovery is self-care. They help you be present. Because they're Static, really present. Amazing. They're they, really they, present, right, cats? They're crazy yes. present. Yes. We have three like, of them. And okay. they are uh, present beings. And if we allow ourselves we could be present with them right mm -hmm. like when they're stepping on the keyboard and sending a sci-fi noise throughout a a, a, a paneled podcast <laughs> something like something off star trek or something it did the laser gun it did she yeah, wasn't like startled at all yeah. she, she wasn't startled she was holding with full confidence like i'm holding this down it's creeping and i'm staring at you the same creepy yeah. stare when she's on the litter box and looks at you you're like eh. anyway too much tmi i'm done i love it i love it self-care <laughs> yay jason hey so, man, I don't know, you know, I'm not there yet with the, the like physical fitness piece, but, you know, that sounds amazing. And I always really like feel convicted when I hear people share about that stuff. And, you know, I, I got to remind myself to Shane's point earlier, you know, about not being too hard on himself when I'm feeling that way. But, you know, because it's easy if I want to, I can find things focus on and beat myself up, about, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I got to remember that I'm right where I'm supposed to be in this moment and that I'm a work in progress and things have changed, right? Um, but for me, first and foremost, in the morning, obviously, uh, I need my coffee. <laughs> and then from there, I, I try to get in. I get in touch with God. I usually do that. Uh, like if I'm on a work day, I, I listen to this program through the Bible on my way to work and really listen to the teaching and meditate on that scripture and the teaching behind that day's, you know, message. Um, and then really, I think the biggest thing for me is like, like what static said, you know, like, am I practicing the principles in all my affairs? So like I, when I go, whether I'm going to work or to, you know, a meeting or, to Charlie's house or to my mom's place or wherever I'm at, I need to be my authentic self no matter where I'm at. So I, that yeah. means I really like, I'm just really wherever like, I'm at, I need to open. I'm, I'm open with people about my, my life, my experience. And, and I try to keep my focus more on others than it is myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like when I'm at work, I'm always looking out for my peoples at work, you know, cause I, I'm a, I'm a lead 
at the company I work at. So, you know, from day to day, I'm on a different job site and I got a different crew. Most of the time we got a ton of employees and I, I try to even at work, you know, be like, if I, if I see something's up, try to extend the hand and I just try to be there, um, for people, you know, if I see a need and, you know, conversely then I like, I ask for help when I need it too. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit there and act like I, you know, I, I have to be self-aware and I think thanks to the program, I am acutely self-aware today. Like I really know what's going on with me. And if I need a damn meeting or if I need to reach out for support, dude, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I also know that you, you gotta, you gotta be focusing on others too. 90% of the time, if I'm in a position where, where like I'm just stuck in a rut and I feel like there's no way out of it. That's the solution for me to get out of that rut, out of that funk is to be of service. And then it's like, I forget what the hell my problem was in the first place. So really, I just think it's just carrying that everywhere I go. Um, It is a lifestyle, right? Type choice that we make to, to do recovery. And I take all these things that I learned and I just try to apply them to my day to day. And if I'm doing that, then I feel pretty good, you know? So, I don't, so far absolutely. so good, man. <laughs> absolutely. And all amazing self-care. I'm, I'm, I'm in on the water static. I'm in, I love it. I'm trying that. And maybe it's going to make me not want coffee after that. We'll see. Right? <laughs> we'll see, but we'll take that one step at a time. Right. But I love the water. So I'm all in on that. You know, for me, it's about being intentional through the things that I do. And I'm very capable of going on autopilot and doing these things in the name of self-care. And not being intentional and mindful as I'm in these practices. Right? So prayer, prayer and meditation is helpful for helpful to me if I am being intentional and mindful. Yeah. In that process. By the way, Static, congratulations on the road to greater wellness from a physical perspective. As a former fat kid, <laughs> and still, like, I still have an inner fat kid, um, yeah. like, that's not easy, right? Mm. Um, the other things for me, definitely, I, I, I covet sleep. That's important for me. So I have a good sleep routine and I maintain good sleep hygiene. And that really sets me up for the next day to be real. Camille, yes, I walk all the time with my recovery dog, Louie. So that is tremendous, right? And doing things like that from an active standpoint that I love to do. Some people, it's walking like me. I was just like born to walk. And some people, it's some other physical activity, right? But um, maintaining that physical activity as well as staying spiritually connected and being mindful in it. Because again, I can very much just go through the motions and not be present in it. And that does me no good. As Shane said, to just check that box. Am I checking boxes? Yeah. Right? Or am I being mindful and intentional? in the activity is it to static's point about you know am i going to just wolf this thing down or am i going to have a a meaningful meal here that you know um uh 
that's that means something to me. It, it robs us. It, what I'm hearing is you kind of described that it robs us of being uh, in the moment yeah. when we're when we're in that state. And um, for me, it affects my ability to kind of think about stuff too. It's almost like you feel like a robot sometimes. Just I'm just going about my I'm on autopilot. Yeah, so. autopilot. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, total autopilot. Uh, and and the, the the day just seems to go by so fast too when I'm on autopilot. I hate that. And you know, so we're busy. So I mean, we all have you know lives and families and jobs and all kinds of stuff to do. But um, I think being in the moment like that, if we can even reset at any time during the day, is a really big point of ground, like grounding. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like we we did our uh, our mastermind meeting Thursday morning and um, a friend of ours Roland brought a, a great guest speaker a, a friend of his on um, and uh, the first thing he did before he uh, kind of you know introduced and and set the stage for our meeting is he said hey can can I let's can we get grounded real quick can we get mm-hmm. grounded I had, had a really bit like a lot of stuff going on in the week hadn't slept much I was just go 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 and when he said that it was just huge feeling of relief when we sat there for just a couple of minutes and just kind of breathed, sat, let our feet hit the floor, just grounded ourselves and just reset. And it was really a, a, a great, um, you know, time to just, uh, to just sit there and be in the moment for me. It's like, Oh yeah, that's what I need to do. I wish I could remember that every second of the day. I guess that's why they call it a practice, right? we got to practice. This yeah. Shit. It's not just indeed, indeed. <laughs> continuous. That One of the things too. that I think is self care too is, and it may not sound like it at first blush, but, Having fun, oh yeah, in recovery is a form of self care, right? It's amazing, and that's not always super easy for us to do, especially in the beginning. Like uh, everything that we did that we that I associated with fun was connected to alcohol. How do we have fun in recovery? <laughs> Yeah, well, that one to me is like, it's back to what we were talking about before, purpose and perspective. And there's a lot of things that I didn't know I enjoyed until I was sober. Mm, Like there was a lot of fun and and it it is, but it's also connected. We're talking about being intentional. That's a big one for me. And sometimes it's actually part of what is a problem with me because part of my version of ADHD is I'm hyper-focused on everything I'm doing when I'm doing it. I'm like almost who present in that and you can't get me out of it. But with good recovery and meditation, it becomes like things work, but having fun, you know, it was kind of like we were talking before. If you're at the, if you're around people you care about, there's ways to have fun. This like I'm more prone to have better conversations at events or parties. Um, and fun is not described like I have fun doing things I never thought were fun. Like I have a lot of fun, you know, just being aware of other people. I have a lot of fun, you know, talking to my cats um, or singing to the cats <laughs> or doing silly things with the cats. Um, I, I notice fun in uh, fun is like a loaded word, but like it, I, one of my things that I think is really fun if I'm at a supermarket or any place in public um and we try to like meet you, you know, you're rushing to the register and there's like, somebody's going to beat you there. Or you're going to beat them. I let whoever, I basically let the other person always go before me. I don't care if I'm first mm-hmm. because then I have this ability to strike up an interesting conversation. 
because I had this obsession, like I think there's just cool people to talk to on lines, but people are always like adversaries on lines. They don't realize that you could be in this together. Right. Um, right. This is also an alcoholic mind because my mom talks to everybody where she goes. She's fine. She's the one that drinks <laughs> the same glass of wine for the last 20 years. And I, yeah. I like, she just has, she's like that. Um, other fun in recovery is it's, I mean, really literal things. I do things I never thought I would do before. I like, well, when we could go to the movies all the time, I like going to movies. And since I have a weird work schedule, I could go to a movie at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. And it was so much fun for me. And, and maybe this is wrong. I don't think this is like sober breaking wrong, but I would like have my, my bag with like pliable or something or in my bag. And the coolest thing for me is to go see a movie at 11 a.m. with a spread of food that I really want to eat. <laughs> And nobody's in the theater. You could go to like the premiere of Star Wars at 11 a.m. on the day, like the Friday it comes out. There's nine people in a giant yeah. IMAX theater. And you're there and you're just like, that's So we fun. have like a, che like a cheese spread. That'd be amazing. Like a cheese tray, <laughs> like bring that in and like, that would be- The drive-in movie with my sister, she rolls like that. They do the pickup truck thing where they put the two lawn chairs and the two beach chairs. So you're kind of like leveled seating. And my brother-in-law yeah. put a sub and a sound bar in the back of the pickup. So when you go to the drive-in movie and then she puts the coolers between us and she's oh, pulling out like Manchego amazing. and fig spread. Yeah, my, my family does food well. I'm really grateful yeah. that they're not a drinking family because yeah. when you're sober, you get well-fed. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, uh, you know, it was really fun. I, I know I'm kind of rambling about this is I didn't like theme parks. I never liked theme parks. It wasn't my thing. But this summer I got to go with Kira and she's got these little cousins that are like six and eight maybe. And they were so stoked to go to this universal theme park. And I was like kind of dreading it. Shane and I were doing a, a, a sober, one of our, our clubhouses while I was driving into universal. Right. And I was saying to myself, well, first of all, recovery taught me is who else is going to have fun? So I focused on the children, right? Mm. Sure enough, you get me in universal. I'm a little kid. I'm having a blast. I'm running around <laughs> Harry Potter world with a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. I know nothing about Harry Potter at this point. I'm, I'm, I found out what house I belong to. I was so ecstatic about it. And it's like, I, if I was drunk, I wouldn't have that kind of fun. I wouldn't think mm -hmm. about life through the eyes of a child. It's and that the pure joy. Faith, that childlike spirit, you know, it, it really does come yeah. back out when we sober up. No Dude, doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. It's like it's like what I was saying earlier, you know, like you might think that it's going to go one way, but if you suit up and show up, it's like a completely different experience. Yeah. That's awesome, man. How <laughs> no doubt, you know, we can find like that guy said in the comments, we can find new things that we didn't do or couldn't do prior to recovery. And uh, really embrace those new activities. Hiking is a huge thing that I embraced in recovery. And it was always in me. I always liked walking. But, you know, you know, now I get to go on hikes with my girlfriend and we get to go to these really cool places and see these really cool spots. And so finding these things that... Like axe you know, throwing. Yeah, like axe throwing. Can you imagine? Probably better sober. Yeah, probably good sober hobby. I'm Absolutely. proud of you, that guy, that it's it's sober you're doing this now. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. But we can have fun in the small things too, and that's the one thing. It always had to be all or nothing for me. Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah. It had to be spectacular or it was terrible. Yeah. And in recovery, I've learned to appreciate the humor and the fun and the small things in life. 
my cats, my cats and dogs are hilarious. I mean, they're hilarious, <laughs> right? Because I pay attention to them. Exactly. Yeah. I pay attention. I never even had a, the only pet I ever had prior to getting sober was a cat, and I lost him. Right, and so uh, because I wasn't paying attention, that's why. Right, so right. so now I get to pay attention to these crazy quirky little animals that have these distinct yeah. little personalities and it's great we have mm -hmm. a ball right and i know yeah. it's nerdy and i know but it's fun and it's awesome. dang it, it's, i think yeah. it's great it's genuine you know it's yeah. genuine too that's what's that's what's great and uh <laughs> you, you reminded me when you said all, all or nothing i i remember very clearly you know of quite a few times um i think i mentioned this alcohol always the main thing but there was other substances and there was a lot of uh white powdery substances that came into play at times. And I can remember my, my wife saying, well, 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 can't you just save that for another time? And you're like, save it. What are you crazy? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm staying up all night. So this shit's gone. And then I'll try to pass out, which probably won't happen. But uh, yeah, no, no way. I can't just like, it's pedal to the metal, you know? No doubt. And uh, I think a lot of people roll like that. And uh, I'm grateful that I'm still here. Number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, get to recognize those things and put them into simpler terms these days, a little easier. You, you want to take that question there, Charlie? Do you see that come up? Come out. That's a great question. Thanks for yeah, putting that. Yeah, it's an out. awesome question. Amazing question. So many in early recovery or even long term, right? Don't have family to go visit during the holidays. And, you know, loneliness and isolation is, a, is really tough because we are social beings. And when we associate the holidays with, being connected with others it can feel especially painful and acute not connecting with those in recovery uh, it, from a family perspective but that's how uh, connecting to a tribe uh, mm. in your recovery can be so important right so get plugged into your local recovery community yep. there's tons of stuff going on especially during the holidays to get you connected Right. Yep. And, and you're not going to want to go, but go. Go. Exactly. Yep. Go. Just that's go. one of those things where ignore the not want to and just go yep. because you're going to meet some really amazing people and you will connect to others that are experiencing the same things you are. That maybe there's some stuff going on from a family perspective that leaves you just connected for whatever reason they be death or you know estrangement and get connected to the folks in your local recovery community and that could be a huge deal right um and, and make mm -hmm. all the difference totally yeah. that's that's amazing advice and, and the more you connect with people in your recovery programs like like they they have organized things like i used to help with alcathons like every thanksgiving and christmas and new year's like different home groups will host a place for people to go on the holidays for like, it's like a huge, our sober dances is another more universal term for them, but they would just have these awesome parties, like all this food. Cause you have a lot of people in recovery doing it. So they care about the food. They care about the music. They yeah. care about right. the togetherness. But then when you make good friends, I don't know anybody right now that's in like working, like has a bunch of people in their recovery life that's alone on holidays. Because you, the first thing I check with, I I think people are like, oh, they might not have anywhere to go. I'm like, what are you doing on the holidays? Like a lot of us will check in on each other. And my friend Buddha does that a lot. He's an older guy and he's funny. He's like, yeah, best thing I ever got is a sponsee Frank. He's Italian. Christmas is great. 
I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's like, he's like, he goes, I guess in New York, Italians, Christmas, they kind of go big, you know? Yeah, so, it's yeah. awesome. The other thing no, I would yeah, say is man, be of service people... in these. Oh, sorry, oh. Jason. The other thing I was going to say is be of, uh, be of service in these events because a lot of times, especially in early recovery, man, I was awkward and I didn't have anybody to go with right away. And that's a, that's a tough spot to be in to just show mm. up, be like, Hey, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah. But to be of service and, and, and when I had a job and I had a purpose and I had a role to be there, A, I didn't feel like I was going there alone because I was working with other people that were also being of service. And then I was meeting these people that were also being of service, uh, probably for a lot of the same reasons I was. And we bonded over the work and over being of service. And then I met people that came. So a great way to you know, sort of ease yourself into these recovery sober events is you know volunteer be of service that's smart that's really good then then you have a purpose for being there that's right yeah, yep. yeah. that's right well i was just gonna say something about like that i know some people actually because they see that need you know they'll like throw a, a thing at their house and just invite whoever and they'll call it like a, fr a friends giving you know absolutely instead of thanksgiving you know yeah. if you don't have anywhere to go come here right yeah so so i because of that point i was just going to challenge you too that maybe you know if you see the need then maybe that's something you need to do is throw your own friends start your own thing for the people that you see friends giving yep. yeah you know what i mean because sometimes maybe it's just that nobody's stepping up to the plate to do the thing that you see that needs to be done and you know the people that need it right so if that's the case maybe you should give it a try or try to be the one that brings that conversation up you know and and uh start that new trend yeah i know for me in the having fun department dude i was thinking about that and i was like I remember when I was first getting clean, right? I never had no money. I never had no money to go out to fellowship after or whatever, but somebody always would buy my, buy me some food or buy me a pop and give me a ride. And boy, I'd, I felt awkward as hell at first. I didn't know them real good, but I'll tell you what right now, like I realized is these people in, in recovery are, they're sick and twisted just like me. So we have, the craziest conversations and laugh harder than hell. And then I was literally like, I mean, my cheeks would hurt. Like I was laughing so hard that <laughs> I ain't never laughed that hard since forever. Like since as far as I could remember, you know what I mean? Um, it's just nuts. Now you, you connect on these weird levels and then everybody's uh, kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're the, your brother from another mother, right? You know, yeah, like that's, that's just, so just cool. the deal. I, right? I love well, it I too love because the, for for so long, for so long we we were uh, selfish, you know. And then someone shows you a little bit of love like that and buys you something to drink or uh, you know something to eat, and you just kind of kick it for a little bit of coffee. Um, and maybe like you were saying, Jason, it doesn't really make sense at the time. You're like, what the hell is this? Like this, you don't want anything from me. You're just going to like right. buy me something to drink. What's okay. The, it's kind of weird. The catch? At first. Yeah, what's right. the catch? Yeah. What's in it? Because we, that's how our minds have worked for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when, when that, when that moment goes off, like you described, like, where you're like, oh man, it's kind of makes sense. And then you get to turn around and go do that for somebody else. Yeah. Man, that is uh. 
practicing the principles in all our affairs, like no matter what forward. situation or yeah, paying it forward. Exactly. Man. I love that dude. And it, and it's like, you're going to go do some shit for somebody out of the goodness because you want to serve, not, not because you have expectations either. And then it's just this big circle that maybe that's the fellowship, you know, that's it's yes. right there. And the paying it forward, you know, you were hitting on that a little bit before the direct one about buying people food or something to drink yeah. was when you're saying, if you feel a need for a party, when we were talking to Camille, um, it's like, you got to throw the party then. And, and it's like, I'm not saying you have to do that, Camille, but it's like when we're in recovery and we're doing this and we're really turning it over and listening to the suggestions of other people, it's that the thing you start to adapt is like, well, if I thought of it, I got to do it because you're helping somebody else. So a lot of people might want to do it, like you said, but then somebody needs to step forward and be the one. And if you're right. thinking someone needs to be the one, that means you got to be the one and not to be silly. That's kind of like Billy Madison where he pees his pants to make everybody feel okay. Yeah. In the movie. Like we're all cool yeah. now because we peed our pants. I know it's a weird example, but you mentioned yeah. pee earlier. So that I had to go bring that example. Yeah. But that's the thing is we're all united now. And you it's like be the change that I want us that you want to see. And, and those are those higher power moments, right? Where we're when we're connected, we're listening to our higher power and we are presented with myriad opportunities to be of service and show up with love in mm -hmm. kindness to our brothers and sisters in and out of recovery. Yeah, exactly. Right. Service for all. Absolutely. So, hey, Camille, Angie, that guy, if you hit me up on uh, Insta and find uh, and uh, let me know how to get these amazing mugs to you, I will do that, right? So hit me up. You get a mug, okay? You win. You win. You're winner, winner. Congratulations. Dude, honestly, you guys, I have been wanting to interact with these people in this chat. I can't even figure out how to respond to it. So you I can't so. I was just going to ask, Static, did you go on YouTube and respond? or? Were so you I went on YouTube. That's why I accidentally almost put the audio back in here. I almost pulled the radio move. But <laughs> okay. I'm on YouTube. I paused the YouTube, and I could uh, see the chat roll by, but I could uh, respond to the chat. Because mm -hmm. right now, is it is a dope snare. Um, said they just yeah. celebrated two years, but if I wanted to type it in, I'm going to type in through YouTube. Shane, you might have different access because you're hosting I, the room. I right. do. So, and you guys can see the you can see the question or or just celebrated two years from Dope Snare right now, right? You guys, yeah, we should focus that. on that for a second, not to cut yes, us off. Can we? Two yeah. years, two years, two yes. years. Today-ish. Do you want to sing? Like, I mean, I'm from the East Coast. We celebrate. We call them anniversaries. But now yeah. with Zoom, I'm from all coasts on recovery. And part yeah, of it is singing, singing really Coast. badly for people I'm when in. they get a year. Uh, I'm so, in. I'm all you guys in. ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Ready, Maybe Dope Snares is for you. Ready? Uh -huh. Ready. Key of no. <laughs> all right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dope Snare. Dope Snare. Happy birthday to you. That was terrible. Great job. Absolutely. They say that's an honor on the West Coast. I'm still trying to learn about it being from the East Coast. So that's Dope Snare. Like, or is this is, is this like you're into like really good snare drums, or are we are we snaring animals in the there. backyard? Here's a beat machine <laughs> on the on the logo. Horrible there, Dope Snare. And I'm thinking about how you make a snare to, to trap small animals when you're hungry. Uh, like a, the animal's been ensnared. 
Is it smelled spelled different? That kind of snare. Whoops. Oh, I hear myself. You did what I did to you. Right? Oh, yes. <laughs> We're right back. <laughs> See, I couldn't, when I logged into YouTube, I couldn't even get the comments to come up, but I think it's a setting. You have to open up Please. a setting to do the live chat. So that's something I'll have to probably go do back in. I'm glad you guys could see it though. Too. Yeah, mine's on. I have it. Horrible. I'll take it. That's great. Beats. <laughs> so you're not, you're not trapped. You're not beats. trapping muskrats not or rabbits. Animals. He it. says no. beats. Yeah. Excellent. And the thing is, no one would expect a guy from New Jersey who lives like 25 minutes from Manhattan to even know about trapping and things like that. I'm, I'm kind of an odd anomaly for this area. Uh, respect from Minnesota. Respect, you know. Mad respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. So, Dope Snare, I, I two years. When, when's a date? When's your date, Dope Snare? When's your sober date? Drop it. I love that we have, by the way, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Minnesota, California, Dope Snare, that that guy, Angie. We're not sure where you're from, but if you want to drop him in there, it's always cool to see too. Yeah, it is. Dope November fourth. Nice. Yeah, Hell congratulations, yeah. brother. Hell yeah. November fourth, twenty nineteen. Two Sweet. years. Uh, a lot of miracles, man. That's a lot of miracles. Wisconsin, is that W I? Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin represent. That's where my girlfriend grew up born and raised in wisconsin and so uh i have a lot of love for wisconsin <laughs> never been green bay though right green bay packers yeah, green that's bay. The, the cheese yeah. that's the first thing yeah. i think of when i think of wisconsin yeah, no, i'm a huge vikings fan my girlfriend's a big packers fan so mm. we like each other um 363 days a year <laughs> you guys that's share a, a border ride. right wisconsin and minnesota have a border yeah, yeah. we do hmm. okay <laughs> It's like Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> My first time in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois on tour was when I just joined the band and yeah. we went out on an acoustic run in early February. Yeah. That's oh an experience. Even coming from New Jersey where we have winter, we don't have yeah. that kind of winter. <laughs> And I remember drive, we're driving and I look at my band and I go, why are all those cars parked on the field out there? He's like, dude, that's a lake. They're fishing. He didn't say dude. He's not a dude guy. He's a bro. We're bro guys. He's like, bro, that's a lake, man. They're out there fishing because that's how cold it is. It's like, what? Uh, I have a good friend from Georgia. And he always says, brother, the lakes freeze solid where you live. And that's just not okay. You yeah. Know? If your car breaks down far enough away from the gas station you could die in the winter you like it's that's life and death in here wow. in minnesota right so. nice. yeah, us, Cali us california folk out here we're like oh it's 65 grab your jacket it's cold <laughs> really dude i'd be wearing, like shorts, bro. We're wearing shorts i would be wearing shorts okay. yeah it's crazy man <laughs> and i'm down south right now before we head back up north and today uh -huh. in mid-november it was 86 degrees today. Unbelievable. I mean, that was like wow. abnormally hot today, yeah, but wow. it, I mean, I'm talking eight in the morning. It was like the middle of August here. That's it's, crazy. It's November. Yeah, it's super crazy, but it, it does dip down a little bit. It has been lately into the 60s and everyone here is like, oh, it's cold. And then it rains and nobody <laughs> knows how to drive because you got a little <laughs> rain. A little different than Wisconsin and Minnesota and probably even Jersey as well. It's a little bit. Jersey, we, we learn about winter. We just don't have it as long and maybe it doesn't plummet into sub-zero as – deep arctic that guy in denver yeah denver, colorado we got denver colorado mile well. high. Mile high every time i've been to colorado i almost never i almost didn't leave i love colorado it's a great place 
Mm-hmm. We got snow today too, Angie. We did too a little yeah. bit, but same thing. Melted yeah. right away. Yeah. Ah. So just That's a quick little time. Really little, snow. It's a nuisance. Check snow. Here. It's it's six thirty my time. Nine thirty. Yeah. I think you got, how you how what's the time check? You guys want to go until uh, until seven, or you want to go to the hour? Or do you, what, what do you guys? Whatever. Think? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we can go to the hour if let's, you want. Yeah, let, let's go till seven. We'll just plan on that, and I'll, I'll give us a time check about five till, and then we can start to uh, to wrap it up. Sounds Sweet. Great. All right. Let's check in these comments again to make sure I'm not missing questions. I love it. Yeah, I love getting some comments and questions. We've this is snow, man. This is really cool. What are the I things like that the we talk shirt. about? You guys, we talk about winter, and we talk about how crazy winters in Minnesota, Wisconsin get. Seasonal. One of the things that's really hard is we don't get a lot of light in the winter and that can really affect your mood right and many people in the midwest especially upper midwest minnesota but everywhere can suffer from seasonal depression and seasonal affective disorder which you know combined with the holidays and post-holiday sort of glum that could be a difficult deal right and to navigate so maybe you guys have some experience around managing and dealing with some of that uh you know winter blues and seasonal depression right? yeah i don't hmm. know like for me i know that early in my recovery and then before i ever found recovery it's when i had burned so many bridges you know like nobody would like i was always alone on the holidays for quite a few years and man it was it was like my life was lonely dude don't get me wrong my life was but for some reason you have this new layer of like i'm supposed to have loved ones right or Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to so now you're like shooting all over yourself about what you should have as opposed to what you do have and you start feeling sorry for yourself and sit in the pity pot and so it would really like the holidays would really magnify my already negative feelings um and then when i first started getting uh clean you know it was like i put some time together i was starting to struggle with like feelings of entitlement you know like People should be forgiving me and thinking that, you know, everything should be hunky dory because I was clean for a little bit, you know, and um, unfortunately, that was just part of the process in the beginning. You know, I had to make, you know, but that goes back to what we were just talking about, too, with the um, if you don't have somewhere to go for the holidays type thing, like that's where that recovery community really saved my butt. They got in like I created my own family. I created my own you know network of people that i was able to celebrate those things with so i didn't have to be alone and then i would listen to their stories which took me out of my own head my own little personal narrative my own like pity pot story that i was telling myself so win-win you know absolutely i think about when we're dealing with uh, these kinds of external factors that you know this seasonal depression that certainly i i suffer from right and if we're layering on some you know difficult things with holidays uh i, I really think getting rooted in uh, uh the, the dimensions of wellness like you know uh, am i you know putting money in the bank from uh these different dimensions of wellness my spiritual wellness my mm. physical wellness 
my emotional wellness. For me, therapy was really, really critical for me early on uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, some trauma and some mental health stuff. And I really got uh, some really great tools coming out of that to be able to move through some of those difficult times. Uh, again, especially in the winter when I tend to feel down more and I tend to feel a little bit more blue. And um, I can use these things to help, you know, get through that. One of those things that Shane talked about on the top was being kind to myself and just understanding, like you said, Jason, I should feel better than this. I should be happier than this. I should, uh, you know, I should just be a ball of, you know, uh, joy 24 seven, right? That's not realistic. That's not it's not. Right. And we're going to go, you know, we're going to have these ebbs and flows. Now my experiences, then they kind of, me they've mellowed out more the longer I'm in recovery, but that doesn't mean that I don't lows and, I can reach back into my toolkit uh, from a wellness perspective to help me move through that with some self grace and self forgiveness, knowing that I'm not I, I, I'm not going to be Mr. Chipper all the time. Sometimes I'm going to feel a little down, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's a heavy one. I mean, it's 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 a great thing to think about. You know, because seasonal depression is real. Some people get affected more than others. And even when you don't think you get affected, I'm starting to learn that, you know, there is the importance of sunlight. Because by nature, I'm a very nocturnal person, um, especially being in the music industry all this time. I was perfectly designed for it. I'm great at night. I'm up at night. I like darkness. Um, not like, ooh, I like darkness. I just like the dark. Um, and I, I like that. I, I could be I could be inside for a really long amount of time and very occupied, like working on stuff. And I can't discount the importance of getting just the sun into your skin. And Kira, yeah, Kira that I've been living with for a long time, she really is heavily, like momentarily affected by seasonal depression and not getting sunlight. She's got to go out every day and be in the sun. And now the other side of it, I have all these, I'm very ritual based kind of person. Um, I'm, I'm, I have no problem saying I've pretty much been like, I, I'm like a witch in many ways. Um, but I, I, cause I like ritual. I like things to have little packages to go with it. So usually when it starts getting really gray, we're getting into gray life. And I've also yeah. been very fortunate to experience almost world travel as a musician. Um, like mm. I'll do something the first gray, cold, rainy day, I'll immediately just start making tea like English tea that I like, you know, either Yorkshire gold or PG tips, like what legit English people drink. Um, I might crank like a, like a Smith's record or something and like, and just go full on, like drink out of my doctor who teacup. Like I'll adopt like a whole, like we're in the UK now, this is going to be like yeah. UK time. And I'm getting to that, that zone and, and love my, my hoodie and my, my denim. And in the winter, you know, mm -hmm. part of the reason the Christmas tree, Christmas tree is from the Nordic, um, cultures. It's from Norse folklore. It's bring an evergreen tree into your house when the world looks dead because the right. evergreen stays green the whole time. The Yule log is a way, it was a way of making a long burning log to keep you warm. This is all pre-Christmas. It's not knocking. It's a great borrow. If you love Christmas and you're a Christian, amazing. And this is where it's borrowed from because it helps. And that's, so I decorate with lots of, I do a lot of colored lighting as it is. So I like to have all lights that I can control 
And I just try to make the environment as warm as possible in the winter to the point mm -hmm. where you can literally look at the snow falling outside with the warm lighting and the right tea and just say like, and then if you are lucky enough, I'm super grateful. I have a place to live. It's not big, but I could cook food. I can make things warm and then seasonal cooking. This is back to health and wellness. We're meant yeah. to eat seasonally. Yeah. So in the winter, you got to make warmer, heartier food. And if you don't cook, just get it. But like root vegetables, like it's, it's really to start studying what people would do in those regions at those times. And it does help a lot with that, but, or, and yet some people say they get a sun lamp too. So it's have, really up there. I have a question for it's if, since we're on this topic and if anyone feels like they'd like to answer this, when you're, you mentioned the Smiths, I love music, you know, so yeah. that's how it came up. I, if I had to pick like on those gloomy days and <laughs> you know, I gotta be careful. My wife will always remind me like, what is your go-to music that you're going to put on for me? It's Portishead, and my, mm. my wife will like just go, "What?" Tyrus, so give me a little. Shit. Not that she doesn't like Portishead, but she knows it's just in this. There's a certain mood and a, yeah. a way it's got to be. What about for you guys? Oh, dude, <laughs> that's I love you now, because uh, that's my shit. Um, but I I was thinking if I'm thinking more like depressed, like if I'm, because I don't know. I was thinking about like sometimes when I'm depressed. I just, you know, because Static was talking about just going into this one zone, right? Yeah. Like for me, <laughs> yeah, I was that reminded me of like when I get depressed. Sometimes I just have to, and I learned this in therapy. I have to like be able to just sit in that feeling, right, yeah. and like experience it, so then I can move through it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but if if it, if I'm in that zone, the cure wish, oh, yeah. and about oh, twenty yeah. and about nice. twenty candles. <laughs> and I'll just cry a lot. <laughs> Jason's up there crying, listening to some That's, rock, some yeah. That's pretty much what you do with the cure. <laughs> yeah, it is much. what you do with the cure. Red lighting, you know, the whole thing. What, what about what about Charlie Static? And then let's let, let's let's follow this up with just to leave it on a high note. What about some motivating type of stuff sure. afterwards? But let's All stick. Right. I want to hear you guys. All first. right. So yeah, if I'm blue and I'm down and I'm just in it, and I'm uh, and I'm just gonna sit in it and just. I think that's a form of acceptance, hmm. by the way, if I allow myself to sit in it and feel it yeah. right? instead of trying to eject out of it all the time, yeah. sit in and feel it. It's radio. It's absolutely Radiohead for me uh, yeah. it, when I'm in that mood. Nice. Hmm. Um, I will always, I'll go with the sit in it. That was a great lesson I learned as well. Cause I look at if I'm in a feeling, um, if I fight it, I don't progress. If I jump in it like a train car, I go on a ride with it and hopefully get to my destination. Right. Um, music when I'm down, that's a funny one because I usually, if I'm feeling down and I'm in it, since I'm the person who spent most of my life creating music and the band I was in and the kind of sound I have is resembling of Depeche Mode and The Cure and darker stuff like that and we use it as a filter to bring light, I won't gravitate towards that mm -hmm. in sobriety. When I wasn't sober and I wanted to fucking be in it the wrong in way, it. Yeah, I would, I would do that. I would like light it all up, but I'll try to push myself away from it. And, um, I want something with a little more of a groove. So if I'm like kind of down, it's usually towards anger. I'll go heavier with music, but most of the time, if I'm feeling, uh, like I need to kind of have that, I don't want to use the word opiate, not the right place for that, but that kind of <laughs> serene feeling, yeah. I'll go with really old records like mm -hmm. Edith Piaf, um, old Dean Martin, like mm. just kind of croonery. 
that I'll get into that, that, that zone, um, a lot. Cause that's not where, cause I won't bring the stuff that I love into my, my downer. Yeah. I do love that stuff, but I won't go down with that. That makes you sense. Know, the, you separate it. I like yeah. it. Or I'll, I'll jump right out of it and you put on like, uh, you know, freedom from, uh, oh, who, oh, he died recently too. It was awful. The, the lead singer of Wham. Um, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not George sure. Michael. Oh, but I have one of my songs to put you in a good mood. Like I, I have a good mood list for that. Oh yeah. This, this song, I guess I'm, I'm big into Christmas, right? I already started listening to Christmas music. Oh, and, he's uh, what's that? Right on. You're that oh, yeah. guy. You I, were love, that I, just, guy. I love it. I just love it. Love yeah, November Christmas 1st. Music. You were cranking it, right? Yeah, you, had your, you had your 1st, Santa that's, hat that's, on. That, that, that's right. And there's a song by Wham. And uh, it reminds me of like last when Christmas. I used to work in an old department store because it's just that Christmas like uh, you know song. So okay, so speaking of that, let me bring this <laughs> next one up. What music motivates you or brings positivity to you? What mm. music motivates you or brings mm. positivity to you? We we said the the down. What's the up? Right. I'm gonna jump on this one. Motivate for me is like it's always to me it's like this like X wing Jedi mode. So that's usually one of them. My favorite one is to put on the ultra record, Depeche Mode. Mm. And there's something about the way they lock in the groove to the ambience because they could, they could be serious. It could be solemn, but they, Depeche Mode really focuses on that pocket and groove in their solemn music. So I look at it as being more like meditative and focused music. Mm. Wow. I'll I'll jump in. I I love some some reggae, and I'll go all down different different tracks from Peter Tosh to Stick Figure, um, even some Sublime. Man, gotta love that yeah. West Coast Long Beach uh, sound. And the reggae just does something for me and puts me in a good mood. It puts me in a relaxed mood. Um, just really a- allows me to uh, to kind of chill out. And that's a tough one too because I think I I think you guys probably are similar mm-hmm. in this. You, Different moods require sure. different sounds, and it just For depends sure. how it is on any given day. It could be hip hop, like yeah. like Static's mm-hmm. been playing some great hip hop coming into our uh, to our um, uh, mastermind group, man. Some uh, uh, what's his name from uh, from Gangstar? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Guru. Guru, yes, I love man. I had, when did I put Guru on? Well, oh, you like you, Guru? Okay, yeah, I didn't put I like Guru on yet. But it just, it just yeah. kind of reminded me of that vibe that I think it was not this week, but last week of just that. It's like, it's like jazzy, just hip hop, man. I love that 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 style too. Oh yeah, yeah. And for me, it's definitely in the ska punk vein. Mm. That music, man, always, always gets me in a tremendous mood. Like It's just infectious and uh, I'm bouncing down the street with my recovery dog, Louie, singing like the mighty, mighty boss tones at the top yeah, of my lungs awesome. and people are looking at me like I had I definitely relapsed, which I not. <laughs> um, so that's my jam. Wow. Uh, Man, yeah, I always find this, this stuff so interesting because I think I and I got to learn to maybe treat myself better with this because I'm res- always responsible for everybody else's music. Yeah. And I could I could really soundtrack anything and anybody and like pick the music for other people, but for me it's like I got to I don't fine tune it as much. So I got to I got to you know do that for myself more. Yeah. But I got some people we got some people answering too. I asked in the chat Toby Max album I on it. There we go. Oh yeah, Jason. What's yours, dude? That, 
I'm like racking my brain over here. I love you guys' picks. I I'm like uh I don't know. My musical tastes are so all over the map. I mean, I've been I've had people describe tell me that like if they have to be in an hour car ride with me, that they get musical whiplash, you know. <laughs> I um, love it. But dude, I oh, uh, bridges, yeah. I know that's funny, and I'm only bringing this up because we talked about sad cure. There's also like really, really happy cure. Yeah. So yeah, some of true. that's some of the happiest damn music I've ever heard in my yeah. life. You know, like, oh, dude, why can't I be you? The unstuck and and Friday I'm in love. It's like, oh, yeah. just so bubbly. Tremendous. It's totally bubblegum. Tremendous. And then, All uh, tremendous. Boys don't cry. I really dig. I really dig old school soul, old school R and B, like yeah. back in the day, like you know Al Green, you know Marvin, yeah. and and then disco too. You I know. love disco. Yeah, dude. And then <laughs> yeah. and then like today, I was rocking out for like an hour and a half at work listening to Motown. Uh, I started up with uh, I looked up that song "Pump Up the Jam" by Technotronic, and then I just let it <laughs> roll. Pump it up. So I was listening to like whoop, there it is, and yeah. like, tag team. Oh, you went, dude, yeah, dude, tag it was team. For it. full send, full send. I was listening to all sorts of this crazy, like you know, '90s dance music, you know, and I don't know, man. I just like it all, but anything like that that's really just upbeat, that'll literally you can't help but have it pick you up. Like if I'm in a sad mood. I'll be like tripping shit off because I that's killing my sad vibe right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention that too because like I I tend to curate playlists of all different styles and that's what mm -hmm. I'll use. It's like like some days it's the old crooner stuff, right. some days it's the, the Cure and Depeche Mode. Like they all live, all those bands will live in the same section, and then I'll go into the the funk and Motown yeah. depending on the mood. And the funniest upbeat Cure song is "Why Can't I Be You." It's the second cut on "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me" because it yeah. comes out of nowhere. And even Robert Smith is acting silly when he's singing it. Yeah. And you could just be like, you're like, what just happened? Like, you're like, how did this happen? Just horns? This is like, right. anyway. I go on about the You know, the song that I've got now stuck in my head is Umbop by Hanson. That song. Oh, no. Right? Come no. on. No. There you go. I, I love you, but I just can't. You know what's, I'm all you know what's really it. sad, Charlie, is I can actually, like, Per syllable, I can sing that fucking song, <laughs> and, and people look at me like it's the weirdest shit because it's been thirty years almost. Yeah, it reminds me though. We I, I remember going to prom when I was in high school with my girlfriend at the time, and we were in a convertible, just listening to that. And it was so anti, you know, because I was, you know, it was Nirvana and it was, you know, uh, Pearl Jam, and it was, you know, that's the music that I, you know tied my identity to at that time very securely and um and, and and she loved this song from hansen we're just blasting it at the top of uh and, and it was it's just this great memory so i think music if nothing else is very emotional and i have oh, yeah. this emotional attack you know memory of that song you, you oh, just reminded amazing. me of another dark one, dude. Some Alice in Chains. There's nothing yes. like putting some Alice in Chains on if you're just 100%. feeling hundred like, percent. Yeah, I, I can do. I, I love them still, but I can only do so much, especially if we're talking yeah. about the older, like the really yeah. the, or, yeah. or the really Super darker dark. side of Alice. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that 
went through obviously all the albums they had some deep dark tracks but yeah, i just yeah. used to slam a lot of dope to that shit so i mean i can only do a couple and then like i start feeling mm-hmm. weird like i can feel my arms wigging out and i'm like all right i'm done <laughs> get the chills <laughs> but no i thought of one like probably my pinnacle right now oh, or cool. lately bill withers dude like oh bill, bill withers has yeah, some of the most oh. uplifting shit that i can yeah right now i would think if i had to pick one on the top it would be like some bill withers man my love that's why i love christmas music it just how can you not be in a good mood when oh, you hear great. christmas music like that's it's great. just you're just happy it's, so i'm just, I, you know i love it with the kids oh yeah. I, lo- I love doing the the christmas music with the kids mm-hmm. and singing along in the car and stuff like those are great memories because that's stuff you don't do usually during oh, the year yeah. right absolutely which is you know this eclectic mix that we're all talking about this is why i absolutely adore 89.3 the current here in the twin cities Mm-hmm. The public radio music station which is just the best because it's got it's, you'll hear bill withers and then you'll hear leonard cohen and then you'll hear you know um uh, aretha franklin and then you'll mm-hmm. hear leon bridges and you'll wow. hear you know everything in between the cure um and uh, it's just a such a great eclectic mix you get you get all of it yeah they don't bow down to any genre no action, that's for no sure. That's that guy's mentioning some cool stuff right now. Yeah, and, uh, you can see that. This is a Superman. And so I actually, part of what I do, I mean, I still do music full time, but I also, last few years, I work with at-risk youth programs and all these different youth clubhouses all over the New York area. And we work with two indigenous tribes. We work with the Shinnecock tribe in Long Island, and we work with the Mohawks mm. up in um, near Messina, New York. There. Their place is amazing because they're actually in Messina, New York, Ontario, and Montreal. So when you're inside, you can actually jump from border to border and nobody gets mad at you. Um, and I think I've heard this artist, that guy, because we were um, doing a, a program with some of the young people and they were doing a, a traditional dance and the drumming was like mixed with DJ beats, but it was all the traditional drum grooves. And uh, I really love that so hybrid cool. stuff. So it's... Uh, I've been on that. It, there's a fun little fact about indigenous drumming. Uh, the actual backbeat that we pull into a lot of the music in this country comes mm. from that drumming. Mm-hmm. A lot, you know, a lot of people will just talk about the blues and they talk about Afro-Cuban mm-hmm. grooves and all this stuff. But when we think about the actual the backbeat, which is that in all of the the rock music and everything, that's where it's actually pulled from. That's amazing. It's not it's not necessarily pulled from um, the islands or um, African grooves where a lot of our rhythm and our syncopation comes from too is all over everybody's influence is all in our music now but that backbeat they've been tracing that all over the world it comes that's amazing it, it comes right from here before the, before the rest of us even showed up wow, <laughs> that's yeah, amazing for sure that reminds me of like Creedence Clearwater Revival everybody yeah. thinks that's like a bayou like Louisiana mm-hmm. kind of like swamp sound and they were from california you know mm-hmm. it's, yeah so just because it sounds like it's got this feeling that sounds like it should be from there don't mean that's where it's from right and everything borrows i just i'm just a big proponent and people totally. should really reveal their influences and learn totally. where things come from and when you borrow yeah. something artistically please remind people who brought it first and appreciate oh, everybody's ancestors because yeah. we all have ancestors one way or another and uh True that. yeah absolutely so let's uh let, let, let me do a quick time check here we got about five minutes yep. let's uh 
let's go around, man, and let's uh, just have some, uh, you know, close it, close it up a little bit. You want to uh, add some encouragement, some uh, thoughts, whatever we want, and uh, uh, yeah, let's let's start there. And, and maybe throw some recovery resources. I know we want to throw it. some those out. So if you got uh, recovery resources, you all want to shout out too. That'd be great. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll just say this, man. I. I am grateful to have found a new way to live and I'm grateful to be a part of this show. Uh, anybody who's listening to this now, or if you watch it in the future, I just want you to know, you know, like you're not alone, even if you think you are. And I'm very easy to find, like super easy to find. You see my name right there, you know, Jason Rudine. I'm on all the socials. You can find me no problem. And I'm, I try to, be available so if you if you need uh someone to talk to you need anything man just let me know because we do this together you know somebody did it for me i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a bunch of other people that were selfless so i would try to be available yeah. to people if they need help so just want to let you guys know you are not alone if you need help hit me up. it's good man at fear is a liar you can see the ticker down there guys uh it's we'll, we'll leave all these uh can see him as well to follow on oh it's an amazing tag too fear is a liar that is, is awesome i was typing is. it today i'm like this is awesome it is tremendous oh thanks uh i'll go <laughs> um so i mean i could list gratitude all day but i want to point out a big piece of gratitude i've had this past since march 2020 is for recovery to find a foothold in technology even further zoom clubhouse because it's bringing us together mm -hmm. that we might have not ever met. And this ties into like, what do we do when we're alone? You could, I, I have at least a dozen alcoholics and addicts that I could just text, be like, yo, you want to jump on Zoom? And call impromptu hangs. Um, technology in this aspect has been so amazing to bring recovery to a new level. And I'm so grateful for it because it, it elevated my program. It brought me closer to people. I, I just, I, I'm just, Everything that's happening amazing in my life now is cost of recovery and how it expanded in this format. You know, people could talk about the pandemic. There are things that definitely bad happened during all this. And it's, but I have to be grateful that all the greatest things in my life so far somehow have happened these past two years. Mm. So Man. I'll leave Absolutely. it this way. Oh, it's resources, resources. Uh, yes, my name is also cruising there. I'm very, I recover very out loud on my social media Instagram account, which is the static is noise one. Oh, if you if you want to know more about you know how I got sober or people to meet, if you're new in this, um, please just just hit me there and I'll connect you to whoever I can connect you to. Uh, Shane and I have a clubhouse group on Mondays uh, noon uh, East Coast time. I guess that's nine a.m. West Coast time, and everybody else can do their math in the rest of the world. And we talk about recovery there. It's not as strict as going to a traditional meeting. It's a nice way to get a buffet of recovery and a little taste test. And, uh, yeah, I'm always here to talk. I, I'm with the, la I'm with the, I'm with that vibe. You, you need, you need it. I'm here to talk yeah. about it. So find mm -hmm. me on the socials. Oh, absolutely. I'll jump in. For me, people that know that meaningful and enduring recovery is absolutely possible. It's not always perfect, but it is absolutely worth it. And recovering mm -hmm. out loud allows us to tell other people that it's possible and our stories matter. They matter so much. Your story 
is going mm. to hit people that my story never will, which is why we share so many of your stories on our podcast. And I know Shane does the same thing, right? We're sharing these stories because they're meant to hit people in a way that ours can't, right? So uh, just know that recovering out loud makes a huge difference in people's lives. And that's how we identify, connect, and, and realize that we're not alone and that meaningful recovery is absolutely possible and 100% worth it. The resource I'd shout out to is Transitions Daily. We go to dailyaaemails.com. There's just a ton of resources there. Hmm. Uh, you can sign up for uh, daily emails. That'll give you the, all the meditations. There's uh, uh, online 12-step groups. There's just a plethora of resources out there for you at dailyaaemails.com. And uh, uh, be blessed and be well, everybody. Yeah, good stuff, man. I love it. Um, and folks could obviously find the podcast, right? The Way Out podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, any of the major platforms, right? Right. Yeah. And Indeed. and also, like, as far as resources go, I didn't name any because I know way too many. So if you want to know about resources, <laughs> again, just hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will, uh, I'll kind of, uh, tie it up here and then we'll, we'll get on our way for tonight. I just want to thank you guys, uh, for, for being here tonight, gentlemen. It's been awesome just to hang out and, and just have some fun, man. Like, I think this is such a great example of being able on a Friday night, you know, for a couple of hours, get together, um, and just conversate, chat, talk and have some fun and in the process be of service as well. Um, I just, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on some of the resources too. Transitions Daily is great. Um, I, there's so many resources there. I'd highly recommend that one. Uh, you can also go to thatsoberguide.com. We have a bunch of resources there. If you go to thatsoberguide.com slash meetings, we have a bunch of meetings there. Um, and then Static and I, like Static mentioned, that we have our Monday clubhouse meeting at 9 a.m. Pacific, t- uh, 12 uh, p.m. Eastern time. And uh, man, just like Charlie said, you know, you matter, your stories matter. Um, we're all in this together. And and when we come together and, and we talk about it and we share with each other, man, there's just such strength in that. So, um, you know, just remember if anyone's struggling, don't give up, man. We only lose when, when we give up when we, when we keep going and we keep trying and we keep doing uh, the best we can do, man. That's when good things happen. God works. And uh, I love it, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do this today, guys. Totally. Oh, I, tremendous. It's been awesome meeting you dudes, man. Yeah. And Shane, man, I, it's, it's been a pleasure. You know, I this love has been Carl. amazing. I've known this guy forever. <laughs> and, and, you know, and ho- hopefully, you know, that this was kind of like our first run at this and we're just kind of learning as we go. And, and, yeah. and maybe, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be able to do something, uh, you know, another, another thing like it. And we just get a little better each time. So I, I love Yeah. That. I'm going to definitely learn how to comment on this. <laughs> and, and, and absolutely. Well, I'll echo yeah. what everybody else said. Absolutely. Reach out to me. Uh, uh, and if there's anything I love to do, it's yeah. talk recovery. So. Amen. Love it. I'm going to eat some tacos, man. Me my, too. My, my family's oh, bringing me home Sancho's tacos right now, oh. so I'm excited. Oh. Color me jealous. Color me jealous. so hungry. So good. Comfort my right. six. Bye, son, everybody. Man. Be well. All right, fellas. Much love, guys. See you guys See later. You guys later. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web 
at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.